ha, ha. This is the Sports Booth Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Booth, joined by my co-host and my best friend, hey. Chris, the CC Capel. Chris, man, what is, what's up, dude? Not too much, man. You know, just enjoying live sports again. You know, that's yeah. been, been the biggest thing. Been, you know, been staying up a little bit later at night, uh, whether it's NBA or even MLB. Uh, I've been heartbroken by my Indians at times because – they just can't seem to put it all together. It seems to be typically the pitching's really good and the hitting's not as great. And sometimes the hitting's good. And then Brad Hand, uh, he's not my favorite person right now because he cannot close Indians games to save his life. But they're still off to a decent start and they have this Cy Young favorite for the rotation. So I'm loving sports right now, man. Uh, and this weather's kind of been like a mid 60 ish feel here in Bowling Green these last couple of days. Nice. 50s at night. Oh, it's been nice. It's That's been fire, nice. dude. That's yeah, fat bro. guy weather. That's like my <laughs> kind of weather. Listen, so, um, look, yeah. I have, uh, I'm coming up against the time crunch here, boys, yep. uh, and females out there listening. Um, but uh, listen, dude, I, um, I got this baby on the way, dude. It is chugging. And um, my wife is six months pregnant, 24 weeks for those who are, who are, you know, who are tight like that, know what's going on. Uh, that means I got three months. Um, I got to get my house renovated, finish the floors, get the siding on there, and, and change all the windows before the baby comes sometime uh, late November, early December. So I am like, pushing dude i'm like pushing through this trying to make it work man but uh but we'll, we're okay it's it's hot and it's hot down here in marietta man yep. i don't know how it's so cold up there and, and so hot down here man it is hot yeah we've um, uh we, we've it's been some overcast days but nothing too sunny but uh so it sounds like if anybody's in the marietta area you're looking for any any help down there mitch uh hey listen i i will pay you to come there we you. go there and uh, and it will be decent pay as well. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up. I'm on Facebook. You can just search my name. I'll pop up. I'm on um, I'm on Twitter as well at uh, Mitch Booth OFC. I think is my handle. And uh, no, that it's OFC right. Mitch Booth. I think. Okay. I'll look it up. <laughs> I don't even know my own handle because I'm not <laughs> on there very often. Um, but uh, yeah, just hit me up, man. Hit me up. I would put my phone number out there, but I don't want randos calling me. True, so, true. Um, you never know in today's age, man, you know. So <laughs> you never know true. about that stuff. It's 2020, <laughs> man. It's Seriously. 2020. Hey, also, I just want to um, mention something uh, real quick. Uh, today, uh, this, this month, um, there's a lot of awareness things going on about things that I'm very passionate about. Uh, for those of you that, that know me well, uh, I work in children's services, and there's a few things in terms of awareness that's going on. One is um, child abuse awareness. Um, so if you have or you see somebody rocking a, a light blue ribbon that is uh, to support um, the end of child abuse, yep. which is very dear to my heart uh, because I work with children who have been affected by child abuse every day. Um, also we're seeing a lot of the red X on the hands, um, and that is for stopping human trafficking. Uh, please guys do your best to, uh, to report human trafficking, know what the signs are, know what the victims look like. Um, uh, just, just know what's going on out there and, and do everything you can to, uh, to stop supporting things that support human trafficking. Uh, yep. And when we talk about human trafficking, I'm not just talking about prostitution um, or, or, you know, sex workers. What I'm talking about is um, people who are being forced to work in farms that, that aren't getting paid right or people who are forced to be, you know, put in textile uh, factories and work 24-hour shifts for a dollar a day. Like, that is human trafficking as well. So, I think we get so caught up, Chris, in human trafficking as like 
sex work or something like that, that we forget that a lot of migrant workers, um, I'm not saying every migrant worker, I don't want to sound like, you know, but a lot of migrant workers are, are human trafficked. Um, a lot of drug, a lot of people who sell drugs are human trafficked. Um, a lot of people, like I said, um, in, in textile factories, they're, they're, they're human trafficked as well. So just some things to be, to be mindful of this month as we, uh, as we continue chugging along toward the end of the year of terror. So. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for putting that out there. Thanks for the reminder and the recognition over large, larger issues uh, than things like sports or entertainment. So appreciate that brother. Hey man, no problem. Listen, um, I, I texted you today. We talked, I said, listen, let's just do uh, our, our live. Um, and so I want to start off. I, I said, let's just do straight hoops if we can. Yeah. And uh, you were like, yeah, I'm down. And yeah. uh, so I have a hot take to start this. Listen, right. guys, um, I understand that, uh, that the Lakers uh, are the number one seed. Uh, but I think if anything has has shown, um, if anything has been exposed by COVID nineteen, I'm going to say this, and you guys might think I'm fried, but it shows that the Lakers are not that impressive. Ooh. I hate to say that, but the Lakers are not that impressive. Listen, the West really good. It, it's really good. Twenty out of twenty five superstars uh, play in the West. It's way better than the East. Um, it's kind of like, at this point, it's kind of like, look, we all know that the SEC is the best conference in college football. Let's just move on. There's no need to debate it, right? You know, the West is way better than the East. Let's not even debate it. Um, and, and so it is an, is an accomplishment to be first and get, and get the first seed in the West. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. But listen, here's the thing. When you looked at the season, you had Paul George hurt. You had Chris Paul just figuring out his team. You had Russell Westbrook and Harden trying to figure it out. They tried new schemes. They're trying things up. They're trying to be successful. Um, you had uh, Portland had some guys missing. Um, you had Melo trying to learn everybody. You had Nurkic out. Um, and, and so, like, I mean, we look around now at the West and we see that the Lakers, they, they're not that impressive. They can't shoot the three. They can't defend the three. They don't have Avery Bradley. And, and so to me, um, I, I love the Lakers at first when I was watching them through the regular season. Uh, but now post-COVID, I do not think they're my favorite to win, Chris. I don't. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, the number, the stats so far coming into the bubble – uh, through four games, they're two and two, so they are playing, you know, mediocre basketball as that goes. Yeah, I would say um, anybody that watched opening night of the bubble between L.A., between the Lakers and the Clippers, the Battle of L.A., they look solid there. Uh, but, you know, they had to kind of support in a little bit of what you're saying. The Lakers were able to squeeze it out over a good Clippers team, but a Clippers team that didn't have Lou Williams or uh, Montreal. Montrez Harrell. Uh, and so I think that kind of speaks to a little bit too. Um, so, I mean, part of it, I think, is an adjustment period. I mean, look at the transformation of that backcourt. You lose Rondo. Um, you lose Avery Bradley. You're relying, you know, Deion Waiters is getting solid minutes. And he honestly has not been horrible. He's had his moments. Uh, but Deion Waiters is getting solid minutes right now. J.R. Smith. And maybe it's just a transition period. I mean, they have the playoffs. I mean, they're set there. I mean, it would take uh, a pretty impressive run by the Clips to catch up to them at this point. Um, in fact, I think they clinched the one seed. Either way, it appears the Lakers are going to have the one seed. So who knows how much of this is just getting into a rhythm, trying new things out before the postseason comes. And to kind of emphasize that LeBron is resting tonight uh, on, you know, August 6th um, instead of playing. So I agree with you. But one thing that is undisputed is AD has looked like an absolute stud, an absolute yeah. superstar out there. 
Um, but I agree with you. Yes, they haven't been what we saw this entire season, but part of me wonders if that's, you know, working in new guys and trying to test things out a little bit. Well, here's the thing, Chris. You know, I'm big on the stock market, man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> listen, there's sometimes um, you have to be really, uh, you have to be really observant in in the in stocks uh, because sometimes other industries um, who are the main breadwinners for that sector will fall, and it will cause a, a relatively unknown company to rise. The stock will rise, uh, and it will rise really quickly. And you'll look and you'll say, oh, wow, this is a great buy. And so you'll buy it, right? Well, yep. then the next day you come back, you realize, oh, man, Facebook, Google, that's all skyrocketed. And Slack has dropped 23%. And you've lost 20% of your initial investment. So here's the thing. This is what I have to say about the Lakers. Look, I think the Lakers looked really good uh, when – when other teams in the West lost superstars. Um, look at Dallas uh, with Porzingis going out. Um, look, at, uh, look at Denver. Look at Utah with, who didn't have Mike Conley. Uh, look at all these teams who had superstars that were out. Um, and, and, so, and because of that, obviously, the Lakers have a good core. They rose to the top. But now their bench is being exposed, man. And that's the thing that I hate about, about this power, this big three thing is because you pay your big three a substantial amount of money or your big two or whatever, you pay them an unreal amount of money, and then your bench sucks. You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. I, and I hate that, and I wish that we could see more complete teams like the Mavs in 11. That team was a complete team. Um, the bench was decent. They had – fire coming off the starting five. Um, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like now it's gotten so watered down, like even Golden State, like they get it all done. They got it all done with three players. But really after those three players, their starting center was JaVale McGee. I mean, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not trying to say anything about JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, he, he, he gets boards. Um, he is a de he's a decent defender. And he's a lob guy. I mean, you can lob it up to him, and he's going to dunk it every time. But here's the thing. He's not good. You know what I mean? If you took the top 50 centers in the league, I'm not sure that JaVale McGee would be in there. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. And the Lakers have kind of surprised me so far this season because I think what the Warriors showed is that, um, you know, you don't need a crazy amount of depth in your bench if you're – top two or top three in their case, or even top four, um, which is your, you know, four-fifths of your lineup. All right, so maybe a bad example. So let's take the Rockets then, these last few years with Harden and Chris Paul. I think that kind of showed that uh, as long as your two are reliable, they can still overcome that. And we saw that ail the Rockets a little bit when Chris Paul went out. And I think that's what the Lakers have surprised me with the most coming in this season because you're looking at an age 34 LeBron, right? 34. Um, yep. And then, so he's just older, a guy that missed 17 games last season uh, due to injury, which is unusual, unheard of for LeBron to miss that many games. So not a great sign going forward. And Anthony Davis, that's your duo there who's also has his own history with injuries. And so they've kind of surprised me from a longevity and durability standpoint this entire season with their team being built around two people that bring their own risks. Um, and so that's, that's kind of surprising to me. But obviously we've seen that be enough to kind of overcome, um, you know, a lack of, lack of like average above average talent on the depth NBA speaking um but then you look at a team like Denver which that's a team that has a great bench and very well balanced um that that goes deep you look at a team like the Clippers I mean you have two superstars and you're you still have plenty of depth on your bench you have plenty of guys that could potentially start for any other team that are now the seven, eight man coming off the bench. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, 
uh, Shamet, their shooting guard, yeah, who, yeah. who, who he, he can, you know, if he was playing 30 minutes a game, I could see him being that 15, 17 points per game range. Uh, you're talking about Lou Williams, who's a six-man GOAT coming off the bench. Um, and so th- these are teams – so the Clippers are in a league of its own, I think, where they have the bench and the superstars. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, coming down this stretch right now, there's going to be a lot put on the bench. But at the same time, if LeBron and AD are able to, um, to be able to stay active, stay present through all that, they, they, you know, they could make a run, but I'm not going to say that's not a significant if based on their history. Right. I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, like one of the team, one of the teams I'm really high on is Oklahoma City. Um, I, I love what Chris Paul has done there. Honestly, if you look at Chris Paul's numbers, you could make a case that Chris Paul should be the MVP. Um, he, he's a baller. He's a baller, man. That That's all yes, it is about him. Is. One of the greatest of all time, in my opinion, um, an assist guy. But you look at their team, they have a pretty complete team. I mean, yep. Shea Gillis-Alexander, they've got, um, oh boy, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder um, uh, with the oh, yeah. weird hair. They've got, um, they've got uh, Steven Adams. Steven Adams. He yeah, I mean. The most reliable guy in NBA. Steven Reliable Adams. big guy, man. He yeah. rolls out of bed, gets you at least 16 points, man. Usually more, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I look at the I look at the Lakers. I don't see a complete roster. Is two guys enough to get you to the championship? We've seen it before, but but at the same time, like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. So, yep. Going and, forward, I would have to say, you know, before I said the Lakers were my favorite. Um, now I have to say that it's the Clippers going forward. Some teams that I think can make a run would be Denver. Um, they're back. They're healthy. Uh, another team that I think could really make a run is Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm not high on – I'm not high at all on the Rockets. Um, I, something about – Chris Paul, like something about Russell Westbrook and James Harden, I just don't, I don't like because I feel like they're kind of the same player. They just play differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Harden's the kind of guy, like Harden is a ball stopper. Ball gets to Harden, Harden's shooting a three, Harden's doing Euro step, whatever, getting to the rim. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. Ball gets to Russell Westbrook, the ball stops, he's going to try and take it in. And take it to the rack. So I don't know. I think the those two players just fundamentally cannot cannot coexist. Um, what do you think? What do you think about the situation with the Houston Rockets? Uh, so they had an amazing um, thriller of a game the other night. Um, a, a nice a nice comeback for Harden and company. And that was a game in which um, Harden did his thing. You know, and you talk about a guy that conditioned himself, took care of himself during that break. This is a guy that doesn't seem to have lost a step, um, just draining everything still, taking it inside even, um, and just getting the what ends up being just an easy finish. And then you've got Russell Westbrook, who, um, you know, he, he's, he's that wrecking ball that he's always been, but with that comes unpredictability. You know, yeah. so in a set offense, um, he can be a little unpredictable with it. And, you know, his efficiency is not all that great. We know about the turnovers, his, his uh, shooting woes, especially from three. But, you know, where he kind of um, where he kind of catches up to that is his just ability to just crash the boards and get putbacks or at least second chance opportunities. Um, but that's such an unpredictable game plan. You can't go into a game, you know, expecting expecting Westbrook to be like, okay, uh, Harden is going to shoot it, and Westbrook, we need you to, you know, um, get three putback putback layups, uh, and we need them at these, you know, and conveniently we need you to do those to give us a big boost um, in, during the game. You can't predict that, and so right. uh, we've seen Houston. I mean, at 42 and 25, they're getting wins, right? But yeah. 
but it's just to me unpredictable ball um and especially when you go against you know as you work your way up in the uh in the tournament against some of these higher level western teams where you're kind of going against the bigs that's going to be really difficult to get those second chance opportunities for westbrook to be able to crash the boards and you know create energy create opportunities off this hustle when you're going against the Steven Adams or Rudy Gobert or the Joker uh, or Anthony Davis, you or know, Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, even yep. though he, exactly. Like, they've got bigs in that, like the West has bigs. Exactly. I mean, like that's, it is what it is. And exactly. So I seems, agree, man. I agree. Here's, yeah. here's, Listen, I like Russell Westbrook. I'm not gonna say I don't like him. Oh, I like his I love playing him. style. I love watching it, bro. And he, him. nobody has more swag than Russell Westbrook. Nobody deals with the media better than Russell Westbrook. Um, I love it. I love his attitude. I love what he brings to the court every night. Like he is, he has a winner's mentality. But here's where I think it's gone wrong, man. I think that at the end of the year, I think that Houston's got a choice to make, man. I think they could either keep Russell Westbrook or they've got to get rid of Harden and they're not going to get rid of Harden. Um, and, and I do not see, I do not see them being successful with that, with that duo. In my opinion, I don't think they'll win a championship uh, and, and they'll be lucky to even make the Western conference finals. Um, a team that I would see, listen, let me ask you this, Chris, do you remember uh, actually it wasn't that long ago when the Pistons had Blake Griffin and they had Andre Drummond. You remember that? I do, yep. Those are big dudes. Listen, that's the kind of team that I see Russell Westbrook being really successful on. You get two big guys, you get a good power forward, you get a good center, and then you got Russell Westbrook up top. I think those are the teams that Russell Westbrook would make successful. I don't think the finesse team like Houston – is going to be successful with a wrecking ball like Russell Westbrook. Just yeah. full stop, you know? Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, and so, you know, but I'm just happy right now to be sitting here talking basketball with you. And also, can we just give up to the NBA for zero confirmed cases since they entered the bubble? Like, this season is going to happen and it's going to finish. And so – you know, baseball, uh, not so optimistic on them finishing. But NBA, let's go. We're here for all the predictions, all the analysis, all the projections, because it's going to finish. Now, something I want to bring up with you is if you remember coming into the bubble when we were discussing how many teams you wanted the 30 teams, you know, uh, one, one, one game, March Madness style or July Madness style. Um, yeah. So my thing was Memphis. You've worked your way to the eighth seed. Let them have it. You know, you've played over 60 games. Um, let them have the eighth seed. They've earned it this far. This 60 games should be a – that should be a, a large enough sample size to say, okay, these guys are good. Well, you know, I was really hoping Memphis to just stick it to them, say, hey, you know – you guys, why'd you even bring out these other cats? We had this, we had this eight seed unlocked the whole time. Not so much. Losers are four straight, and if the Trailblazers win tonight, um, they are tied with Memphis for the eight seed, and just behind them, at at in the currently thirteenth seed, is only two and a half games behind them. And so Memphis is very quickly losing its grasp on the eight seed. You hate to see it, um, because hey man, was, don't don't. Listen, you completely skipped over my team, dude. One of my favorite teams to Portland. get that eight seed. Nope. Who? Suns, dude. The Suns. And that's who I was about to say. Winners of four straight. Devin Booker just sitting game winners, doing his thing. Now, that's a team that on paper – they should be they should be better than thirty one and thirty or thirty and thirty nine. I mean, all right. Yeah, I agree. I think in a couple of years, if they keep that core together, that's a solid core. But yes, Phoenix taking full advantage of this invite to compete for the eighth seed. They're only two games back and winners of four straight. Whereas Memphis is sliding right now. 
And then, of course, you got Portland, Dollar Dame right there, about to tie it with Memphis tonight uh, for, for the eighth seed. So I love the battle in the West. Um, but I want to put, point this out to you for, for all you um, history fans, okay? So right now, currently, Memphis is the eighth seed at 32 and 37, which is a below 500 record. I got back to 2000, 2001 season before I stopped, but all the way back until then, I could not find a Western team in the eighth seed with the less than 500 record. That, you know, you were talking about early on how, how much better the West has been in the East. Yeah. This season, we, we are seeing this slide. We saw it in the East these last couple of years where last year was a 41 and 41 Detroit Pistons team. We got the eighth seed. Um, and so just a little interesting side note that has, has the West broken up, split in two, and, you know, these top seven teams are, are kind of the elite and everybody else is kind of playing catch-up. So just, just something interesting to, to think of. But No, that's – yeah, is, that's a very interesting concept that, because the West is very top-heavy. Yep. I mean, if you just think about a year ago in the eighth seed – for the West was the Clippers at 48 and 34, a 585 win percentage, you know? Yeah, and right now great. these guys, these guys are going to be struggling to get, get to, um, get to 500. And so it's very interesting, you know, maybe, you know, I'm wondering if the West has maybe taken on a whole elite stats within itself and really separate itself from the rest of the conference. Now, next year, you would think that Golden State could be in play. Um, so that, that could broaden the, the one through right. eight seeds, uh, drop that eight seed down. That, that eight seed might get a gimme this year, a freebie this year without Golden State being there. But just, just an interesting side note. But, yes, it's going to come down to these last few weeks. Um, and back to Memphis. Losers of four straight, they haven't made it any easier themselves. They're playing at Toronto next game. Toronto has low-key, low-key been uh, – been, what were they? Yeah, undefeated so far, 3-0 in the bubble, proving that they're the champs for a reason. All yeah. right, so they, they're they playing Toronto. I don't know why I said at Toronto. It's in Orlando, but yeah. at Toronto, they get the home – they get the stickers on the court. They're intimidated <laughs> by the Toronto presence. Yeah. And then – uh, Memphis plays Boston. You know, the schedule does not get any easier for, for the Grizzlies Memphis, here right no. now. Oh, no, well, know, they've got I think, OKC. You know, that that's that's the team you're talking about. So Yeah, uh, I like OKC a lot, man. Here's the yeah. thing, man. I, I think when it comes to teams like, uh, for example, teams like Memphis, um, teams like Phoenix, teams like the Pelicans, uh, those kind of teams, man, they're very young. And I've said this before, but think about, um, think about a rain delay in baseball. Um, you, have a, you have an hour or two rain delay. You know, your team's up one nothing. You come back out. How easy is it to blow that one nothing lead and lose the game after a rain delay because you're not locked in, right? Yep. No. Think about it for, you know, I saw a Buckeye team do it, you know, just a few, just a few, you know, months ago where they got rained out against Tulane. They went into the locker room. I sat in the stadium for two hours and then they came back out. They were pitching a shutout. Tulane came back and scored two or three touchdowns on them. So, I mean, it, it takes, it takes a strong veteran presence to come in and say, listen, hey, we had a break. The season didn't go the, get, the way we wanted it to. And we need to lock in. We need to stay focused. We need to keep our eyes focused on this championship. And, um, and I think with young guys, there's no – when I look at Memphis, when I look at um, the Pelicans, when I look at Phoenix, there's no real guy in that locker room that's going to stand up and say, listen, hey – Get your stuff together, and let's go out there and play basketball. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Houston has uh, Russell Westbrook. I don't think Harden's that kind of guy, but Houston has Russell Westbrook. The Lakers have LeBron. The Thunder have Chris Paul. Um, the Jazz have veteran guys. Um, 
the Nuggets have a, a few veteran guys as well, you know, and obviously the Clippers with Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, those are guys – and Portland. I mean, Portland's got Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, Matt Carmelo. Um, they've got guys that are, that are you know, like they've been around, you know. And speaking of Carmelo, bro. He, hey, he was getting it the other night. He yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. He's he's fire yeah. the other night. <laughs> he was and he gets, it for sure. he gets boards, dude. That's the thing about Melo, like that's so un underappreciated. I think, like especially on those Olympic teams, he was just getting boards. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of Melo I like to see. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm on transition to the East a little bit. Give them some love. So like I said, Toronto right. winners of three straight. You know, that's a team coming out their championship last year, you know. They they could they could do it. The Pacers winning uh the first three of four so far coming to the bubble. Um and then Milwaukee today, uh, you know, coming back and winning the game down by twenty plus against the Heat. Uh amazing performance by the Bucks and comeback victory. What's been great about the bubble so far is it's been competitive games for the most part. And oh, these yeah. guys are really going after it right now. And that's one thing that I know people weren't exactly sold on if that was going to happen. But they've, they've been – there's been effort for sure. Um, and for the most part, these guys have been playing and playing a lot of minutes. Um, but, man, the East trying too hard getting Washington in there. Losers of four straight. They've lost every game they've had in the bubble. At 24 and 44, can we just chalk it up for these guys, man? We just, They're done. They're just, done. Just, Stick just, a fork just, in them. Just, They're done. Just dig the grave right now, bro. And I don't yep. think it was – and I don't think it was just because uh, Bertans wasn't there the, This in the bubble, man, you know? Right. Uh, if, yeah. if, hey, if anybody's coming in free agent season as Bertans, I mean, hey, use that, man. Be like, hey, you see what my team did with, when I wasn't there four straight, <laughs> 24 wins, man. Yeah. So uh, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, so um, listen, here's what – here's – I see what's going on in the East. I have a I have a hot take about the East, too. Listen. All right, um, let's hear it. Remember when I was talking about the stock market? I'm yeah. going to talk about the stock market a little more again. Um, here's the thing, man. When a company changes the fundamentals that make the company great, okay, then it's time to sell the stock, Okay. Um, another time to sell the stock is when they're pushing a product that just does not work and they continue to push it and push it and push it and push it, but it's just not working. Um, and so there's a few, there's a few things that I've seen, um, that I just kind of want to put out there. Um, first is, uh, the 76ers. Uh, this is a team that puts out the same product over and over and over again, and it does not work, okay? Sell the stock, man. Sell the stock, okay? Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they do not complement each other. They don't even really seem to get along. They cannot win. Mm-hmm. And at this point, how long are you going to look around and continue to say, oh, well, next season? Oh, well, next season. Oh, well, next season. You know how many times I've seen people buy a genius stock and they're like, oh, well, it blew up four months ago. Just keep it and hold it. Okay. I've been holding it for four months. It hasn't moved from a dollar. So it's time to sell the stock. Okay. They're pushing a product. They, the, the consumers don't want it. They continually lose. It's time to bust up that team. Right. And it's time to move forward. Okay. Time to pivot. That's what makes a business successful. When they see something's not working, okay, we'll cut it. Time to pivot. Let's go to the next idea, right? Mm. Okay, next. When you change the fundamentals of how you do something, right, it's time to sell the stock. I say that about the Brooklyn Nets, man. The Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie sitting out, right? Kevin Durant sitting out. Uh, they have some solid people, but the offense designed the way it's supposed to, it, 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 they cannot run it with the personnel they have. It's time to sell the stock in Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I would be surprised if they held a seventh seed. So. All right. Heard. Heard. And, yeah, going back to Sixers, um, so far in the bubble, 
They are two and one, but when you look at the one, two, one of those wins, well, both those wins, one was a two-point win against San Antonio in which they gave up 130 points. And then the, the other one win was against Washington, who we just spoke about. Um, so not the most convincing uh, of those two. And their loss being by six points to the, to the Pacers. Um, but again, giving up 127. So you're close to averaging 130 points allowed, which isn't going to help anybody out. Especially when you get to the West. And the thing about the West is, man, they've got scores over there, man. Even Portland. Even Portland. Like, Portland's got Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, uh, Mello. I mean, they've got guys that can score when they get hot real quick. Um, and, and that would be the bottom, you know. And so, when you're looking at Philadelphia, they can't stop. They, they can't play. They can't even play defense, man. What's going on with them, dude? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now you yeah. got Ben Simmons hobbling off the court. Um, something wrong with him. It's over. It's over for for the Philadelphia 76ers, dude. Mm-hmm. The process didn't work. Blow it up. Do a new process. <laughs> I hate yeah. to say that, but it's like you got to pivot. Okay, keep one of your guys. I'm I'm partial to Ben Simmons. Keep Ben Simmons. Go after a guy that can shoot. He can't shoot a three. He's been taking more of them, but he can't shoot a three. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, rely on – I mean, it just – it's not going to work, man. It's not going to work. Or move him to the power forward position. Do something. But you got to have a guy that can shoot a three, especially your one. So, I don't know. I, I've been saying this for months. I don't think it's going to work. Time to blow it up and move on. True, true. Yep. And uh, I think you've got plenty of support in that area also. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the Bengals, kind of how, you know, when they let go of Marvin Lewis. I mean, Marvin Lewis was a coach that was guaranteed eight and eight or better every year. But do you really want mediocrity or do you want to really try to create some positive change and really make a push? And so that's the that's the route the Bengals took, you know. Um, so, yeah, especially a, a fan base like Philadelphia that's just kind of been waiting for a long time now for a competitor, for a contender uh, in the 76ers. Well, and yeah, listen, it worked. I mean, it worked to an extent. But here's what will kill a football franchise. Um, being consistently or, – or just any sports franchise. Being consistently mediocre. Um, one, because you're mediocre, you don't get any real benefits in the draft. You're taking chances in the draft. You're getting the mid-round um, in the draft, those kinds of things. Um, that's kind of the whole concept behind tanking. I think everybody gets that. Uh, but the other thing is is that when you're just mediocre, I hate to say it, your city kind of forgets about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it is what it is. When you're just mediocre, your city forgets about you. When you're really bad – you know, like people might not come, but they do talk about you. Think about how often Cleveland talks about the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, like everybody in Cleveland, they're like, oh, man, I can't wait till the Browns are good. Like, oh, they're so close. They say it every year, you know. Like, I don't really hear that about Cincinnati when, yeah. when we're talking about, like, mediocre football teams, you know. All I heard from Cincinnati was like, well, until we get rid of Marvin Lewis, well, until we get a new quarterback – well, until we get, you know, some, some people on the defense that can make it work. I mean, that's all I heard from them. Until this, until that, then we'll be great. You know, you're mediocre. You've got to make a move. Don't be yep. scared, you know, because you're going to forfeit some of your success. Uh, it, it's worth it, you know, to, to pivot, right, and, and go in another direction that you could see work and then win a championship instead of just continually be eight and eight or be, you know, whatever it is, 41 and 41, you know? True. True. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, Hey, I wanted to segue something also here. Um, so yesterday the big 10 announced their football schedule for this upcoming 2020 season. Now remember 
there are two bye weeks and it's only conference opponents. So your Buckeyes, Thursday night, national TV, as I believe it might be the college football opener. I mean, Thursday night, um, September 3rd at Illinois and Champaign. But what I'm really interested in your take on is how's Thanksgiving going to be this year without a um, Michigan game preceding uh, coming after that? You know, OSU Michigan, the game, the team up north, October 24th. What do you think? Are you excited that's a little bit sooner, earlier in the season? Yeah. You know, I um... – Here's the thing. For me, the rivalry is what's important, yeah. not the day. Um, okay, I like and that. And so, I mean, October 24th, hey, that's the day. I've got it on my calendar, bro. I've got a little clock in my bedroom <laughs> that counts is down countdown? <laughs> the hours until we play Michigan, bro. I, I count it, dude. You know, and then Michigan people are like, listen, here's the thing, man. Michigan people are like, oh, we live rent-free in Buckeyes' heads, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, listen, we beat you every year. So, obviously, something works, okay? <laughs> so, maybe you need to stop thinking about what Jim Harbaugh, where Jim Harbaugh is going to take your football team. Oh, he's going to Europe. Oh, he's going to Hawaii. I don't care where Jim Harbaugh is going, okay? Jim Harbaugh is not beating the Buckeyes. That's the end of the story, bro. That is the end of it. Why? <laughs> listen. Because the Buckeyes actually care about the game. I don't even think Michigan fans care about the game anymore, bro. I hate to mm. say that. I don't think they care. That's the difference. That's the difference, dude. So Michigan fans, they can cry about how it's not going to be after Thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. Listen, it doesn't matter. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Day, 4th of July, Labor Day, Columbus Day. It doesn't matter any day, bro. We're beating you. That's it. That is it. I like it that. It doesn't that matter. That, that National me, Pancake Day. We're beating you. That that reminds me of the LeBron memes with the with the do rag and the cigarette. You know, just like, you know, Labor Day, President's Day, Halloween Day, <laughs> any day. We we got you. So, uh, so that that's a really good point. I like that. And that sounds like a true. Uh, sounds like a true sports fan opinion. You know, it doesn't matter what the day is. No, I. I'm here watching this game and it's the game and it's the rivalry. And, you know, for myself, I'm kind of excited because usually that Saturday after Thanksgiving, we have a big family reunion and I'm either traveling or watching the game is cut short because we're, we're straight bashing, you know? Yeah. So, right. so I'm kind of a fan of that, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Make sure I don't book anything going on then. Uh, but so just go through the Buckeye schedule real quick um, sure. at Illinois. And then home against Rutgers, juicy matchup. Uh, two dubs. Two and then, dubs. Then going to Purdue. Uh, you know, last that's time you a, were there. That's a risky match. The other yeah. the other year, man, they they whooped us by thirty one points. So, last time and, you were there, man, yeah, they they get up yeah. for their games for sure. Uh, and then you got Indiana at home. Indiana's um, a tough game. That's a tough game. Dude. That is. I, tell I was you. I was gonna say that's a team that they've been more relevant. I'm not gonna give them the dub yet, or even a. 14-point um, difference. I'll still take the Buckeyes minus, minus 20, 21. But, you know, they've been more relevant. Uh, then at home against Nebraska, what, what was that last year when Nebraska got all up for that game, dude? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Listen, <laughs> you know, there was a time where Nebraska used to be good, man. That time is not now. Dude. Um, so, yeah, that, that, like – when they were getting top 25 rank like votes early on the season, I was really confused, honestly. Um, hey, listen, I like Nebraska. I, you know, I think where they have trouble um, is their, is their quarterback. I don't think they could really figure it out. Um, I, and so the Cornhuskers, I, I like them. I like their brand. I like their mascot thing. I think going to their stadium is really fun. They, like when people get off at the stadium, they all are like, Hey, nice to see you. They're like nice to you and stuff, which is kind of weird <laughs> because people hate the Buckeyes. But, um, but I mean, I like Nebraska, but I think where they, where they fell short recently is their quarterback room is just not solid. I think 
the only quarterback I really remember them having that was decent was uh, Taylor Martinez. Yep. And that was a long time ago. So. Um, yep. And and I remember Taylor Martinez, and it was like decent, as in like Mike Mike get offensive player of the week, you know. Um, oh, but and 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 the thing is too, like Taylor Martinez would have one would have one week where he threw for four touchdowns and ran for two. And then the next week he would not have any touchdowns and throw five interceptions. Like he just yeah. was really erratic, you know, like you could never, you could never see what was going on. Yeah. So, but, you know, but, if Nebraska figures it out, you know, maybe they, maybe they have a chance, maybe they have a chance. They have a new head coach in there. Maybe he'll get something going. Yep. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll just have to see. Yeah. The hype train is definitely there for Scott Frost and company. Uh, it was just, a little too last year was a little too early for them to get up like that. For, right. Yeah. They were really calling that calling that win. So anyway, so uh, at home against Nebraska, and then going to Michigan State. So here's a little bit of a treacherous row here. So uh, there. But but you got to remember, man. Michigan State lost their head coach. So that is true. Um, and quarterback. So, yeah. So they've got a tough that. Uh, I don't see Michigan State being as strong this year. Uh, maybe a little bit of a down year, but I don't ever want to count them out because, like, yep. when when the Buckeyes lost River Meyer, everybody was like, "Man, the Buckeyes are going to be terrible." They ended up in the playoffs, so I mean, you yep. never know. Um, and maybe so don't count could, them out, but and maybe that could only help them because that is a very rich program, very rich history. You know, yeah. sometimes we see out with the old kind of can help out program. Um, yeah. And so maybe could rejuvenate it a little bit. So anyway, so a little bit of what I consider treacherous row at the end of the season between state, uh, you got UM, Maryland, uh, but then you got Penn State, then Iowa, um, which, you know, Penn State looks like they're still figuring out a little bit on the offensive side, but still, still can't count out James Franklin and company. Oh, state um, college, man. That's 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 always. Go, yep, going to state they college. Always bring it to you, you know. Uh, uh, college Park, um, and then and then you've got Iowa, who just seems to be perennial uh, defensive juggernaut, you know, masterminds. Yeah, <laughs> offensive exactly. line, dude. Their offensive line is always very good. Yeah. Um, and 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 this year, I don't know if we have the defensive pressure to really get to the quarterback. Um, We've been really spoiled as Buckeye fans. We had Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa turn around, have Chase Young. And, uh, well, I guess it's Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. And now we're kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. So we just got to see. We got to see how that turns out. But I could see that being a very tough game in terms of of upfront matchups. Our offensive line is going to have to really step up, uh, really be there. Uh, and our and our defensive line is going to have to really step up, and and I'm counting on the secondary to really make these big plays, uh, and and keep the football away from the wide receivers. Yep, absolutely. Um, so as long as we're on the college football note, you know, so and Michigan is the 24th, right? After Iowa. That? When do we play Michigan? Is that after Iowa? No. So Iowa's the season finale on. Oh wow. On November 21st, Michigan's. You've got Michigan 24th. October 24th. Okay. Maryland, the 31st. Right. Penn State, the 7th. And you got to buy then Iowa on the 21st. Wow. Yeah. That's different. So That's it is different. different. It's going it's, it's going to be different. So, speaking of different, uh, yesterday on August 5th, we had our first FBS um, college football program cancel their season in the University of Connecticut, UConn. Uh, The Huskies have uh, decided to terminate their season for this upcoming football season. Uh, They they credited it to players feeling uncomfortable with it around the the COVID-19, all around the pandemic. Um, Now, one thing I would want to say with this is, you know, I've learned that we shouldn't, be quick to jump to the conclusion that this is going to end up happening to everybody mm-hmm. because it seems UConn has the resources to be able to recover from that. Yeah. But also they have the benefit. That, I mean, they're, they're not a major 
college national program. Right. Um, right. But do you have any? I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to speak any doomsday, but what do you think has to happen for college football season to to take place? And do you think we are on track? So um, I, I pay attention to a few of the medical companies, uh, one being Moderna, another being Pfizer, um, VaxArt, Dynavax. Uh, these, these people are all scrambling uh, to make a vaccine, one, because it would be awesome to have a vaccine, but two, because they're going to make money. And so, like I said, you know, big stock market guy, so I got to watch that. Uh, because if they do develop a vaccine, then that stock is going gonna, is gonna to boom. So I, I've been paying attention. I do know that Moderna is in phase three of a vaccine, which they could have ready as early as, uh, as October. So, and that, that's past college football, but it's not, I mean, maybe it finishes, or I, I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to, we'll have to see it play out. Um, but I, I could see, I could see there being a vaccine by, by Halloween. So we'll, we'll just have to see, um, will that be enough for people to say, okay, let's play football. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. What do you think? What do you think about that? You know, in yeah. terms of, you know, if you're, if you're a player, Chris, you're a player, um, and, and Moderna has a vaccine coming out in Halloween, do you feel comfortable starting to play ball in September? Yeah, and see, that's a tough one. And a lot of it is specific, I mean, player-specific. Well, with, you know, this whole process, it hasn't really been so much me that I've been thinking about. It's been more so the people around me. Who am I interacting with? You know, who am I? Because I would almost, you know, I would feel more guilty if, you know, if I had accidentally passed this this illness, this um disease onto somebody else um and so i don't know if disease is the correct term or not but um but so so i mean you know cop out answer but it really is player specific to what their home life is like background is like being there but um you know we've started to see some um elite talents decide to step you know step away opt out of the college football season uh and they've credited to the uncertainty of their health of their family's health during this pandemic and that these are guys that want to focus on the nfl these are first round draft picks i mean miami florida's defensive end just opted out this week we had virginia tech's defensive back uh opt out a couple of weeks ago um and so it's something that we're seeing more of but optimistic here I believe, you know, I believe the college football season, I believe it's on track right now. Uh, you know, yeah. we see these campuses, you know, most of these college campuses are playing on in-person classes. Um, and, you know, part of the college football protocol, you know, for the Big Ten specifically is testing twice a week and before game days on the weekends. Um, and so they're taking these measures, you know, to – ensure to have a season and because the reality is a lot of these programs from our max schools and lower to the sec to the to the alabamas not georgia because georgia has a really nice uh recovery uh rainy day rainy day fund but um to even like the alabama or you know ohio state or stanford's these are guys that rely on schools, not just yeah. programs, but schools that really rely on that football. And so, you know, I think that, I, but I think we're on track. I, I really think we are. And I think, um, uh, I think that this will be taken with a great deal, deal of seriousness yeah. for, mul for multiple reasons. One of them being to have your statement season to get drafted um, to, you know, uh, you know, showcase your talents um, or to even just fulfill your dream of putting on a Buckeye uniform, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I think we're on track. Um, and I would be, I would be really interested to see what would happen um, if players were to take the antibody test 
to see if they've already had it. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of COVID patients can be uh, asymptomatic. That doesn't mean that they can't transfer it, but they, they, uh, it appears that a lot of them are asymptomatic. And so uh, I, I wonder how that would change their opinion if they were to take the test and see if they already had it or not. Yeah. Because sure. if they've already had it, then then that could be that could be the difference between them playing or not playing because they've already had it. They've already been around their family. They've already been around that. And now they've figured out, oh, I don't have it anymore. My body has the antibodies to fight it. Maybe that changes their opinions. I don't know if college football is doing that or not, uh, but I think that that would be a fantastic thing for uh, the government to invest in um, because, listen – that's the economic engine of a lot of our states uh, is sports. If you think about it, uh, maybe not the number one economic in- engine, but, but it's up there, especially in Ohio where we have a multitude of professional teams in Ohio state. Um, and, and so in Cincinnati, you know, OU, there's a lot of sports in Ohio. And, and if those aren't going on, then that's going to devastate uh, that's going to devastate Ohio's economy. Uh, and a lot of people aren't going to be working uh, because those stadiums, man, they need people to seat people. And, and if we're not seating stadiums, then those people seating people, they don't have a job. Uh, yeah. the, the concessions, man, they don't have a job. I mean, so the, the, you know, like when we go down to the Cavs games and we hang out downtown and we eat and we do all that stuff, that little pop of, of business is not going to happen for the Clevelander. You know what I'm saying? So we just have to really, um, we we have to find a way to be innovative uh, to, to, to ensure that, that our, that our athletes are safe, but we also do, I I hate to say it, but we do have to think about the economy uh, because there's a lot riding on it. People need to make money. And, uh, and so I don't know, man. It's, it's a complex, it's a complex thing. I'm just hoping that Moderna can get this out. Um, It seems like Moderna is in kind of the lead right now for, for creating the vaccine. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. We we're all, we're all hoping. So, you know, that, that is the end goal. Um, But again, just thankful right now that we could have a show where we're talking live sports and with unknown playoffs, what's going to happen? And uh, be able to stay tuned and, you know, wa- watch these guys in action again and have it, have another outlet, you know, in the evenings and during the day even. Um, and think about this upcoming fall. How awesome is this going to be when we have, uh, you know, NBA playoffs, NFL, college football, MLB's wrapping up. Uh, even some golf all at the same time, you know? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That'll be incredible, bro. That will be incredible. Um, yeah, I I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) It's going to be really awesome. Um, but okay, man. Hey, we're, we're closing in on, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, Chris, man, let me ask you, uh, who's fried. Oh, so I've been waiting for this one, man. So this week, I'm going to turn who's fried into a positive, okay? So this dude is fried because a synonym of fried is unconscious, right? If somebody's fried, they're, they're just not even here anymore. And right now, my guy for who's fried, who's completely unconscious in the NBA bubble, is TJ Warren. This guy, for the Pacers, through their, through their uh, first portion of the bubble games, averaging 39.7 points per game. He dropped a 54-piece, you know, a couple nights ago, averaging over five rebounds per game, 65% from the field, 60% from three-point. This guy is going insane. He has been called the Michael Jordan of the bubble. So my fried guy, in a positive note, because he's playing outside of his mind, he's completely unconscious right now, is TJ Warren of the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, um, here's the thing. I really like, 
I really like the Big Ten, man. Right. Um, I really like uh, the rivalry. And, and when it comes down to it, man, look, Ohio State, right, they, they're kind of at the top of the Big Ten right now. It won't be that way forever. I, I know that. Um, but they have, uh, they have consistently gotten coaches that are the king of capitalizing on, uh, on motivation, uh, Urban Meyer, especially um, Ryan Day, is really good at it. Jim Trussell was really good at it, um, and and so uh, and so he got they got their players motivated for the game, um, and so it, recently it seems like Michigan is not motivated to play the game. Okay, here's the thing: uh, Desmond Howard came was on TV today or not today, but recently, uh, I think it was Desmond Howard. And he said, well, I mean, he's really the only relevant former Michigan player anymore, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, he, he came on, uh, he's been on ESPN a few times and he has guaranteed on national television that Michigan will beat Ohio state this year. Oh, he has said that. Uh, three or four times, and I've seen it plastered all over Twitter, uh, all over Facebook, all over social media. Uh, I saw it on ESPN on the on my on the app on my phone, and uh, you know who saw that? Ryan Day. Ryan Day probably saw that. Ohio State players probably saw that. Here's the thing, man. When when you have people who are who are very good at capitalizing on, on things that have been said and using that to provide motivation for a team to win. Why would you give ammo to that coach? Mm. Desmond Howard is fried for <laughs> saying that. Listen, and and look, I appreciate that he that he loves the rivalry. I love the rivalry. I like the trash talk, all of that stuff. But listen, now is not the time to talk trash, because the thing is, David, we've got a Heisman candidate quarterback. Um, we've got a really good running back. We've got solid wide receivers, solid offensive line. Our defensive line always brings the heat. You know, like we're at the peak of our game top recruiting class in the nation one of and uh and, and so if you're desmond howard you're going on national television um and you're saying ohio state is gonna is gonna lose to michigan this year do you know what ryan's day's doing he's mm. taking that video right he's putting it on a big screen in the locker room and when the guys are getting ready putting on their pads he's playing that over and over again in a loop I guarantee you Michigan is going to beat Ohio State. He's, he's playing that in a loop, in a loop, in a loop, in a loop. And that's mm -hmm. all those guys are going to think about is Desmond Howard said we were going to lose. I don't think so. Listen, mm -hmm. know your role, Desmond Howard. Locate who you are, okay, and sit the F down. <laughs> Because right now, Ohio State is, con is in control of this rivalry for, what, 20 years? Come on. Come on. Don't give them motivation. If you want your team to win, don't give Ohio State motivation. There Play it off. Go. Of course. Of course. You know, whatever. Play it off. Don't go out there and say, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Y'all been guaranteeing it every year for 20 years. What has happened? Once? Twice? Come on, Desmond Howard, you're fried. There we go. I like it, bro. I like it. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. I've been having some opinions. Thanks for listening to them. Uh, oh, we're always here for that. Kind of always. Kind of bringing some heat today. Hate to be negative on the show. Hate to talk stocks so much, uh, but it's relevant. Like if you think about it and you apply it to to sports. It's the same thing, man. You invest in players, you invest in teams, 
and it turns out with a reward of winning and fan spending money. So it kind of makes sense if you think of it in, in that, in that aspect too. So it brings a new sure. aspect to sports. So thanks for dealing with my analogies, Chris. Oh, I'm always here for them, bro. I like him. I like him. <laughs> hey man, it's been a great show. Uh, thanks for coming on chatting hoops with me, uh, chatting a little Ohio state football. I love Ohio state football. Oh yeah. Um, I know a lot about it. So anytime you want to talk Ohio state, I'm here, man, especially when it's about, uh, the game and, and evaluating Big Ten players and evaluating Big Ten talent, evaluating Big Ten teams. I love it. I love it. Um, so we can talk about that more often. I would like to talk about that more often. Um, but, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, sounds good. Show, I'm, sh- I'm sure we will be. So uh, it's already August. It's almost mid-August. So we're, we're going to be talking talking uh, some football here a lot soon. So I like that. Uh, all right, awesome. So great show, Mitch. Um, yeah, keep keep getting that work done, man. Keep getting that hey, man, work done. You know in the house. Every day, to, every day, man. The sports booth is kind of inconsistent, but hey, listen. When I finish it, when I finish that house, I'm telling you, the production is going to step up. Everything's going to take a step up, bro. We're going to take a step up, man. We got All this. Right. Hey, heck yeah, we do. Just heck hang yeah. in there. Those four listeners. Absolutely. And one of those listeners is me. So (laughs) that's just that's just an estimate. That's just an average. So all right, guys. Hey, see you later. Thanks for joining us. Uh we'll see you next week. Yep. See you guys.